I was a dreamer as a child, and I do think it's very important for children to have dreams. Not all of our dreams come true, but some of our dreams do, and when they are fulfilled, there is a great sense of satisfaction and delight. Uh, today I'm extremely distracted because I have had a dream fulfilled in the last few days and I'm finding it very hard to come down to earth. So forgive me if I'm distracted. When I was a boy, I used to stand on the shore in Kilronan in the Iron Islands. I've mentioned that place before. And I loved watching the lighthouse. I was very mesmerized by the light that shone uh, throughout the day and throughout the night. And I had a very strong attraction. Uh, I, I said it to my family that I would really love to be in a lighthouse, to experience what it's like to be in a lighthouse on a little island. And uh, for my 60th birthday this year, my family gave me a beautiful surprise. It was to spend three days in a lighthouse on Clare Island, uh, which I did on Thursday, and I came back late last night, so I'm still on a high, because a dream was fulfilled in a very beautiful way, and I thank God and my family sincerely for it. One of the, the beautiful things, um, getting there was difficult. The sea was very rough. Uh, they were afraid that they might not be able to make the crossing. And I prayed with all my might that no matter how rough the sea was, they would do it. And interestingly enough, I was the only passenger on the boat doing this very rough crossing. And the only other thing they took onto the boat was a very large skip. Now, I don't know if there's something symbolic about me and a skip being together, but that's what was there. But I got to the lighthouse. It's no longer a functioning lighthouse. It's been turned into a guest house where they can accommodate 10 people. And I was, put, I was put into the keeper's room. There was great satisfaction in this. I slept where the lighthouse keeper used to sleep. Uh, and what I loved most of all was going up into the tower where the light used to be. And there's a platform up there where you could sit and just look out at the sea, looking out at the Atlantic on one side, Ackle Island on this side, Connemara on that side, and Croke Patrick behind me. And the wind was so strong. The sound of the wind was like thunder, and you could feel the tower tremble with the sound of the breeze. And there was, the, there was a small little hatch that you could cr crawl out through to go out onto a platform outside on the tower. There's a little railing, so it was safe. But I loved to go out there and to sit there and feel the wind. And it was a sheer drop, a cliff down to the sea. And the sound of the sea was powerful and it was absolutely magnificent. Now I, I contemplated and I prayed and I prayed for my people in Shankill as well as uh, in other places. But I had a great sense when I was sitting out there in the midst of all of this, of the majesty and the wonder and the generosity of God's love. And, and the, the word that kept coming to me was, like Jesus says in the gospel, when I am lifted up from the earth, 
I will draw all things to myself. And it was like that was the sense of it, that Jesus has a desire to draw all of us up to the tower of his love, of his mercy, of his generosity, and that we would feel it with all of its power and with all of its strength. And I suppose, sadly, we resist this drawing of Jesus, that often things have happened in our lives that make us afraid of being lifted up to Jesus. Uh, maybe our guilt does it to us, maybe our hurts or our fears. But I think today on Mother's Day, what Jesus would say to, to all of us, as a mother lifts up her baby, so I want to lift you up to the highest place and to hold you in my love, in all of its power and in its majesty. One of the other things that I, I did there that, that was lovely and maybe never happened there before, I celebrated Mass alone up in the tower. And when I elevated the body of Jesus at the consecration, what, what dawned on me was the light that used to be here is gone. But here in Jesus, we have a perpetual light that never goes out. And that is what he draws us to that we would experience this light, like the light of the, the lighthouse used to guide ships into a safe haven. So the light of Jesus seeks to guide you and me into a safe haven of his love and protection. So that's my prayer for all of us today, in my distraction and in my excitement, that we would allow ourselves to be guided, to be drawn and to be lifted up to where Jesus seeks to bring us. And in this Mass, if we are afraid, if we resist in some way, that we would let go and we would surrender as a child surrenders to the love of his or her mother. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him and saying, here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king marching to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who advanced against him with 20,000. If not then, 
while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciples unless he gives up all his possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> Over in our house, we've been talking quite a lot about our missionary life. And in the light of last Sunday's appeal, we talked a lot about the work that goes on by the Palatines in Tanzania. And we just want to let you know that Father Tommy Ryan has written to us to thank you very sincerely for the collection last weekend for the young man, 16-year-old Raymond, who needs surgery. And we, you donated last weekend 5,585 euro for this boy's operation. And Father Tommy is extremely grateful to all of you for that generosity. But the talk about mission has brought my mind back to my family. And I remember when I was going to Tanzania, I was 26 years old, and I come from an extremely close family where we are very into each other. But when I was leaving for Tanzania, all my family came down to the station in Galway to wave me off. And everybody cried and cried, and we hugged each other. And there was an awful sadness at the separation. But we all knew as well that there was a higher calling that we were all part of. And there was the calling of Jesus to be his servant, to be his missionary. And all of us, I suppose, in my family understood that when God calls, we have to respond. No matter how much you love each other, no matter how attached you are to your family, there is a higher calling that we have to listen to and to go with. And it struck me as I was reading this gospel that if I had given in to my love for my family and my attachment to them, if they had given in to their love for me and their attachment to me, I would never have gone. I would never even have gone to the seminary to become a priest. And so it's, I suppose that's what I understand when I hear today's gospel, that we cannot let our attachment to each other or our love for each other prevent us doing what God is calling us to do in life. The language of today's gospel is extremely difficult, and I wish there was a better translation of it. But I do sense that when Jesus says, you must, if you, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate mother, father, brother and sister. What he is saying there is that you cannot let your love and your attachments stop you doing what you must do in life. And in this time of September, this time of year, you know, there are lots of young people moving on from the safe haven of home and the same process is going on. They have a destiny to fulfill according to the plan of God. 
And no matter how much you love your child and want to hold and protect your child, you know that you have to let your child go. And that is one of the painful aspects of loving. And it is also, even though I suppose for the young person it's an exciting time, there is still a tearing away from the attachment and the love that they have known all their lives. So I just pray for all of us today that we will understand the cost of being a follower of Jesus, but also understand the blessedness of being a follower, the blessedness of going in the direction that Jesus wants us to go in life. We pray for all who go abroad, the lay and religious missionaries who go in the name of Jesus to bring the love and the mercy of Jesus to different parts of the world. And we give thanks for all of the people throughout the world who welcome missionaries with such great love, with great affection and great support. And we pray for the young people launching out on their new way of life, that they may go with courage, that they may go with Jesus in their hearts, knowing that he is always faithful to them and pray that they may be faithful to his call within them as well. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord has opened my ear. For my part, I made no resistance, neither did I turn away. This is the ideal, that the interior ear of heart and soul and mind is open to hearing what God is saying, that we listen and offer no resistance to what is being said by God. Last week we witnessed the healing of physical deafness through the commanding prayer of Jesus. Ephata, be opened. Today we might ask him to do the same for us in our inner selves. Listening is not always easy. Sometimes we listen only to what we want to hear because we are afraid of what is being said, confused by it, or we cannot take it in. We dismiss the word of God and by doing so deprive ourselves of the most profound blessings. Peter is an example of the difficulty we have in truly listening and receiving what Jesus is offering. On the one hand, Peter hears the question, Who do you say I am? And he offers an answer that is divinely revealed, showing how in tune he is with God. In St. Matthew's version of this, 
Jesus goes on to say to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the underworld will never overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. By this, Peter becomes the first pope. But it's one thing to say under the influence of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the Christ. It's quite another to accept what that actually means in practice. So when Jesus explains that to be the Christ will involve terrible suffering and death, Peter won't hear of it. He stands in front of Jesus and literally blocks his path, saying, This must not happen. And in saying this, he moves from being the divinely inspired instrument of God to becoming an instrument of the devil. He is a complex man who holds serious contradictions within himself, and in this he represents all of us, in the greatness, the sinfulness, the best and the worst, with all our paradox and contradiction. Jesus rebukes Peter and puts him in his place, but he doesn't dismiss or reject him, doesn't revoke the calling conferred on him. Peter's place is not in front of Jesus, but behind him. It is not for Peter to go ahead of Jesus, but to follow him. It is not for Peter to block the path of Jesus, but to make way for him. Peter represents Pope Francis, and he represents you and me, who we are and who we are to become, and what is our place in relation to Jesus and his mission. The place that Jesus has chosen for himself is right in the midst of human suffering, and it is there that we best find him. We use suffering to question God and to run away from him. But if we would only listen and stay, then we would find him right at the heart of our own personal suffering, at the heart of the suffering of the world, as its Redeemer and Saviour and Lord. Sometime before he died, Father Seamus commissioned a painting to be hung by the baptismal font. Sadly, he died before it was completed, but the artist Jerry Flaherty carried on the work which is entitled The Great Commission. I collected it when I was in Ireland in August, and we hung it in its place on September the 14th, which is Seamus's birthday and the Feast of the Triumph of the Cross. The setting is Rockanore, and depicts Jesus on the shore with Peter and some of the saints who were of importance to Seamus, and it includes St. Vincent Pilati. 
The rest of the apostles are on their fishing boats coming into shore. And you will notice on the front of one of the boats is Father Seamus himself, dressed in white. The decision to include Seamus was made by the artist after Seamus's death. And it means for us that Seamus is present with us in a visible way and will remain present through all of time. It's worth taking time to ponder the painting. Firstly, I imagine that Jesus and Peter are having the conversation from today's Gospel. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ. You are Peter the Rock. Get behind me. Secondly, I think about where I am in this picture in relation to Jesus, and I have already found my place. Thirdly, I think of which saints I would place in the painting. And lastly, I think of what Jesus and I would be saying to each other. So let's take a moment to pray and listen. Ephata, Lord, you have opened my ear, and I offer you no resistance. I will not turn away. I will follow behind you, walk with you, but never ahead of you. I will not be an obstacle in your path, even though I may not understand what you are doing. You are Jesus, my Saviour. You are my Lord, my life and my love. I adore you profoundly. Amen.